You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Crack attacks get by secure Wi-Fi protocols. Probes and distributed denial-of-service incidents in Poland and Sweden have the look of state operations. East Asian threat actors move on from cyber espionage to supply chain attacks. Iran is blamed for June's hack of UK parliamentary email. QR codes may pose security issues. Do FSB social media trolls really train against US targets by watching House of Cards? And can the crypto ruble really compete with the Vopper coin? Investors want to know. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, October 16, 2017. Researchers at KU Leuven, a leading Belgian research university, have announced discovery of a key reinstallation attack vulnerability that affects Wi-Fi connections hitherto believed to be secure. They're calling it a crack attack from key reinstallation attack. It works roughly like this. An attacker within range of the intended victim could get around the four-way handshake used in the WPA2 Wi-Fi protocol by inducing the victim to reinstall a key that's already in use. Success enables the attacker to access information assumed to be securely encrypted. The problem lies in the protocol itself and not in any particular product, which means that there's no easy set of patches or upgrades that will secure users from crack. The researchers say that Crack is most effective against Android, Linux, and OpenBSD devices. Windows and Mac OS are also susceptible, albeit at a somewhat lower risk. Matty Van Huff, the principal researcher, wrote in his report, This can be abused to steal sensitive information such as credit card numbers, passwords, chat messages, emails, photos, and so on. The attack works against all modern protected Wi-Fi networks. Depending on the network configuration, it's also possible to inject and manipulate data. For example, an attacker might be able to inject ransomware or other malware into websites. Quote. We heard by email from Dr. Stephen Murdoch, Innovation Security Architect at Vasco Data Security and Principal Research Fellow at University College London. He explained that in cryptographic protocols, a nunce, that is a number used once, should never be repeated but sometimes design flaws in the software implementing a protocol permit this to happen. 
It's easy to complain that a bad designer made some buggy software, but Murdoch thinks a problem with Nunt's reuse is likely to crop up again elsewhere. He said, quote, I think a better approach is to redesign protocols to be more resistant to Nunt's reuse, which we know how to do, albeit with a slight loss of efficiency, end quote. He added that Nunt's reuse will be even more serious in next-generation Wi-Fi encryption, GCMP, where it could permit data to be tampered with as opposed to being simply intercepted and read. So, should we be worried? Yes and no. The attacker has to be physically close to the device they want to exploit for a crack attack to work. Murdoch calls the vulnerability serious in that if successfully executed, it can compromise sensitive traffic, but he also thinks that, quote, the more valuable the network, the more likely it is criminals will make the effort to carry out the attack, so businesses are at a higher risk than average home users, end quote. The issue is likely to persist for years in devices that have a long, slow expiration. Android smartphones and Wi-Fi routers will probably be most affected. Frederick Menes, also of Vasco Data Security, advises that users not only be on the lookout for patches, but also consider using cryptographic protocols at the transport or application layer, like SSH and TLS. They should also consider using virtual private networks. A variety of probes and nuisance attacks surfaced in Europe late last week. Poland's defense minister says the country successfully parried a Russian cyber attack of unspecified nature and scope. In Sweden, denial-of-service campaigns affected transportation, especially rail transportation, in western regions of the country. There's no attribution of the DDoS attacks against Swedish targets, but Russian operators are widely suspected. British security researchers have concluded that Iran was behind the June 23rd brute force attacks on Parliament's email system. Moscow had been the original and usual suspect, but Whitehall has determined it was Tehran. A number of researchers are warning of an increase in the tempo of cyber attacks against targets in East Asia. These no longer seem to be confined to espionage, but appear to pose a fresh threat to supply chains. A confusing set of Chinese and North Korean actors are named in dispatches. Turning to information operations, the Odd Duck Russian television station Dost, or Rain, has broadcast an interview with one Maxim, face obscured, who claimed to have worked in the Internet Research Agency's St. Petersburg troll farm, disseminating fact and opinion about the U.S. 2016 presidential elections. The basic message, Maxim said, was... Aren't you Americans tired of the Clintons? But a great deal of the social media trolling was designed to inflame religious, racial, and gender divisions on hot-button cultural topics. Maxim said that the trolls were trained by watching House of Cards, which he thought a pretty good guide to American political culture. Treat this interview with appropriate caution. There are wheels within wheels in information operations, and even an outlier like Rain TV can't be assumed to be outside the reach of the official organs. Apple's iOS 11 is said to have an exploitable backdoor in its associated QR scanner. The problem lies in the nature of QR codes themselves. They're not readable by humans, at least not by any we know, and so it's possible to replace legitimate QR codes on, say, merchandise with malicious codes. Security firm CyberInt, which has described the issue, intends to release a full study within a few weeks. Pizza Hut was breached. It's less serious than Equifax, but tastier. 
The transactions affected occurred early this month, so if you've recently used your credit card to buy a large, hand-tossed cockadoodle bacon pie, well, look to your statements. Security expert Ilya Kolichenko of High Tech Bridge thinks the scale of this breach is, relatively speaking, insignificant compared to some of the big slips we've seen over the past month. He said, quote, Notification to the victims is indeed a bit protracted, but it can be explained by the difficulty in properly identifying all of the victims affected. End quote. And he thinks we should proceed with caution before we blame Pizza Hut until we know more about what actually happened. It strikes us that a lot of the interest in this breach is driven by the notorious, perhaps stereotypical, love of pizza associated with information technology. Pizza is to coders as donuts are to law enforcement professionals. We'll just say this. Mr. Kolachenko, if you visit Baltimore, we'll buy you a slice and throw in some Old Bay. And to return, in a way, to a story we discussed a couple of months ago, Russia is said to be on the verge of authorizing its first official cryptocurrency. They're going to call it the Crypto Ruble, and unlike other cryptocurrencies, it won't be mineable or decentralized, but rather issued and controlled by a central authority. Since these features would seem to be pretty much the whole point of a cryptocurrency, one is reluctantly driven to ask, what the heck? What's in it for the rest of us? We're not going to presume to give advice to the Kremlin, you understand, but it seems to us that they've already got an indigenous cryptocurrency. The Vopercoin, Russian Burger King restaurants, began issuing back in August as a reward for sandwich purchases at any of the franchise's convenient Moscow locations. By this time, any number of fast-food-fancying oligarchs have doubtless eaten their way to a small and satisfyingly decentralized, if not particularly liquid, fortune. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business.
And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Johannes Ulrich. He's from the SANS Technology Institute. He's also the host of the ISC Stormcast podcast. Johannes, welcome back. You know, with these um, recent uh, run of hurricanes that we've had, with any disaster, there are those who look to take advantage of it. What are we seeing in terms of scam sites popping up? Yeah, luckily, we don't see as many of them as we have seen in the past. Uh, if you remember, Katrina, for example, it had a huge number of uh, fake or at least suspicious donation sites. We have only seen a small handful of them so far uh, with uh, the hurricanes Harvey and Irma. So as these hurricanes approach, we see hundreds of websites uh, being registered uh, with respective uh, domain names. Many of these websites start out just being parked. They have luckily only seen very few that solicit donations. Interestingly, a couple of the ones that I would consider more shady in the sense that they don't appear to be associated with a legitimate charity that solicit donations in Bitcoin, which uh, has, I guess, a little bit taken over here from PayPal. The large majority of the websites being registered at this point are also being used by lawyers. So probably somewhat shady law firms here that are trying to solicit clients using this disaster. So are are, are the ones being registered by lawyers, does it seem as though they're legitimate lawyers who are trying to capitalize on the event or are they uh, fake lawyers? That's a little bit hard to tell. And now at this point, there are only a couple of them that point to actual law firms. Mm. They appear to be legitimate law firms. So and so far, yes, they're actual lawyers. Some of them don't actually appear to be sort of in the business of necessarily injury or uh, lawsuits like that. Uh, so it's a little bit hard to tell uh, what the real end goal is. The big number, the big majority of these websites is still parked at this point. So we are monitoring them to see what will eventually show up uh, on these sites. There's also the possibility that uh, these websites are being registered just in case to resell them later. There are always many ways to make a little bit money with a disaster like that. So uh, the advice to the user is, uh, I suppose, make sure that you're dealing with a reputable charity and uh, try to avoid uh, a middleman. Yes, uh, you should certainly not donate to a charity that you didn't hear about before the disaster uh, came up. Uh, the other sort of little facet that has shown up in particular with Harvey was uh, that there was a number of websites that uh, essentially ask people to register if they need to be rescued. Now, many of them, I believe, are legitimate and certainly something that uh, people just set up in order to sort of help each other out. But be careful who you give your personal information. In disasters like this, it's all too easy to give, for example, a charity or someone that offers help, things like a social security number. And why it's not always bad or malicious Take care that the information is protected properly. So uh, don't let your guard down just because someone is offering you help. Right. All right. Good advice as always. Johannes Ulrich, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, 
Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.